And we're recording. What's up, Mikey? I was supposed to say something first, but I guess that's fine. That's all right. I, 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 I took a shot there. Like I took a stab because I knew I was like, well, you're the you're the guy that's gonna edit this thing. You can just cut out what I said at the beginning and we can do this thing. I figured it was what the young kids call shooting your shot, but you know. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Drew and Mikey's Scary Cemetery, the Library in the Cemetery edition. Hey, guys. What is this, Drew? What is this? What are we doing? What are we doing? Well, this is called a podcast where we uh, use Zoom, and I record one side, you record the other, and we talk about stuff. Okay, well, let's not give away all our secrets and, you know, dad joke it up. I was saying, what is this new edition of our podcast like? Oh, you're talking about the literary edition, right? Yes. You already told literarily me literary. You said this is the we're we're in the library in the cemetery, and um, I figured they they would assume that that was well. Anyway, if you listen to the last episode, you know we're going to talk about a book today. So we haven't done that yet, but we do read. We do read. We're not just movie watchers, right? We're mm-hmm. not millennials. Well, we might be, but we don't act I like. I am. It. You're not. I thought you said I was last time. You were like, oh, you're a millennial. You were like, yeah, you're, you're a millennial. What year were you born in again? Like 64? No, 84. And oh. some people say those are millennials. But to me, millennial is an idea. It's, uh, it's what you embrace. And uh, actually, you know, the more I look, the more I think the millennials aren't the issue. I think it's the next generation after that. Because I've heard a lot of people be like, no, no, I'm actually a millennial. It's those, it's those other darn kids. What's the next they're generation? Gonna, they're going to, bl- uh, I think, Gen Z. I, they're going to blame whoever comes next. It doesn't matter. That's or true. whoever comes before. before the millennials yeah. likes to blame our parents for not setting us up for success. So it's everyone else's fault, but whoever is doing the blame. It's a good point. So whatever we are, we, we read. That's the point. That's why we went into this whole thing and offended two entire generations of people. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. And I probably should have just taken it myself because you didn't even explain it. So the special edition we have today is where we're going to go over a book, a horror book of our choosing. And I'm hoping to do this like once a month. We are planning. We've been a little sporadic because schedules and new years and new jobs, new me, whatever. But I would like to record every week which we were planning to do and then have one week be dedicated to a book because drew and i both like books um and we i think we have the same taste we both have a love-hate relationship with stephen king we both what we've read together so far we've liked such as the kill river book yeah um and then this one so today we're going to be going over the first entry of a new series called Twisted Books to Leave You Shook. Twisted Books to Leave You Shook by C.S. James, right? C.S. James? That's the guy. Okay. I've always loved the Goosebump series. We've talked about the Goosebump series before. Uh, and as we know, they don't really make the Goosebump series anymore. They don't really make anything kind of like it as far as I'm concerned. They have TV shows geared towards kids that kind of mimic the Goosebump platform. But as far as books go, we don't really have a book or series in this day for kids that's like kind of creepy, right? 
I don't think so. The uh, the Goosebumps like was a phenomenon. I mean, our generation, and we are in the same generation, just a few years apart. Our generation just went <laughs> crazy over the Goosebumps book. I did too. I mean, I we would have these what do you call them? Scholastic book fairs, and you would have these uh, book order forms where they'd give you this the thinnest paper ever created. And it would have like 99 books on it. And, and the teachers would put it on our desk and I would look through, oh, I want this one, I want this one, I want this one. And invariably, every time I was going to order whatever whatever Goosebumps book there was, and they were just a phenomenon. And I remember reading, um, or I think actually it was in the, in the, it may have been in the Scary Stories documentary, but when they were interviewing um, R.L. Stein, and he was talking about during that time, he was writing at such a rapid pace because the books are short, but he was, <laughs> he said he was writing a new one every week, once every seven days. And so even for short books, that's, that's a pretty frenetic pace. And so basically the, the, the company was putting out a new one every month and it didn't matter. Like the new one always looked cool. It had the fun art, had the bright colors, the, the slime coming down the book. And the and, bumpy covers, remember they were like textured. Yeah, yeah, they were textured, and um, and I, I mean, I'll, I look back and I think those aren't scary, and yet there were times where I was reading in my bed with a flashlight, you know, door closed and and blanket over my head, so that if anybody came in, it wouldn't look like I was staying up. And yeah, like you were doing something else. <laughs> I remember actually being a little nervous reading it. Like I remember going okay, this is kind of scary. And, uh, and so I, it's, it's crazy to look back. So I'm like, all right, no, they're not really scary, but I got into it, you know, and when you're into it, it's, it can be scary. And, but they were, they were gigantic. So no, there's nothing like it now that the only thing that's out today that I could even sort of compare to it would be like the diary of a wimpy kid. And there's just not many of them. There's like seven. And, um, and th those are huge. Like almost every kid seems like wants, wants to read those or they did. I don't know if their time has passed, but it, it's not even close to Goosebumps because Goosebumps was, it was first off scary and second off, um, it was just, they were released basically on the day, once a month, you got the next one coming out. And, and so that, that's why they would number them. It was just, it was just a phenomenon. So there's nothing even close to it at all. Yeah. So, and I don't know if I've gone over this before, so sorry if I'm repeating myself, but I didn't actually get into reading until later on in life. And I blame my school because I went to a private school. Uh, it was a Lutheran school and we had those book fairs, but um, when we would get them, the teacher would make us cross off the goosebumps and the Harry Potters because Awful. we weren't allowed to read those, I guess, in school. They were, <laughs> they didn't want us to order those. So we only had basically like, boring books to read and I didn't like reading them when I was a kid my only experience I had reading stories was whatever books we had to read for school and I I was not wanting to read you know 1984 or The Great Gatsby when I was a freshman or in eighth grade so or now I <laughs> well I didn't I don't dare revisit them I just didn't <laughs> care for them and I wasn't interested in them they didn't entertain me so as far as I'm concerned at that point books weren't something that I enjoyed now I do remember in seventh grade we had a reading class and there was in fall we got a I don't know it I remember the book was called apparitions and it was like I don't know if it was a school book or what this was in public school I went I moved to public school in um in middle school so 
we had this book called Apparitions and it was short stories, uh, more paranormal. You know, it was a school book, so it wasn't like super frightening, but they were paranormal. And that's when I started actually getting into reading because I was like, these are cool. And around the same time, they would introduce us to radio shows that they used to have back in like the 50s. Um, and some of those were super creepy too. So that was actually my favorite class all through my schooling years was reading in seventh grade. And since then I really enjoyed reading. And in high school, I picked up, like in high school, I read the ruins, um, which they made a movie out of. I read, um, Shidney, Shidney, excuse me, (laughs) Sheldon. I I don't know if I have a speech impediment or what, but this has happened many times on this podcast. Um, (laughs) Sydney Sheldon, um, what was it? Something about something to midnight. Uh, I can't remember. They made a movie about it too. And that book, I had that book out in the library for a year because I didn't have that background of reading in elementary school, middle school of enjoying reading. So I never got a good flow of reading like I do now. So it took me so long to read books and Sidney Sheldon does not write short stories or even, you know, shorter books. So um, got into reading then. So my goosebumps phase didn't actually occur until later on in life. I collected them because I liked the covers, but as you know, I, I'm starting to read them now from the beginning um, in the numbered order. It takes a while to get them because some of them are a little more rare than the others, but I do enjoy them. And I, like you said, there's not really anything like it right now. I'm hoping that it comes back and who knows, maybe um, the author CS James with twisted books to leave you shook will be the next one because this is the perfect time to get into the review because I felt like it was very um, reminiscent of the Goosebumps book and the way that the, it was formatted and the storytelling. So definitely before, homage to uh, Goosebumps for sure. Yeah. He's, he's not making any bones about it, even with the two. I really feel like even the two the two initials, like C.S. James, R. Uh, R. L. Stein. Oh uh, yeah, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> top to bottom, he's just he's just very much. You know, I think I think it was probably a joy to write. It seems like he enjoyed writing it. He, she, I don't know who it is, uh, but um, but also very much an homage to uh, to Goosebumps and like, let me do my part to bring it bring this back. Yeah, and definitely different enough to be his own art. Um, but like you said, there is those homages to you know the way that the story is formatted, and like you said, now that I just noticed the, <laughs> I don't know if it was on purpose, probably not. Um, cause I do know his full name, but you know, CS James, Clyde Staples, James, <laughs> yes, Clyde Staples, James. <laughs> um, but yeah, which so actually, before, which is actually for those of you who think I just put that out there randomly, CS Lewis's first name is actually Clive Staples. But anyway, that's funny because when we first started, when we first started, uh, like mentioning this book, I was like, don't say C.S. Lewis, don't say C.S. <laughs> Lewis, because I kept thinking about it. Okay, so the author is C.S. James. You can find him on Amazon. Um, just a little snippet about him. Um, he's actually a former preschool teacher and obviously a horror fanatic. Um, so this is actually explains why he wants to make horror children's books, and I love it. I'm a big fan. Um, he has also written screen pay- screenplays that have been turned into some short films. So I'd be interested to see those short films to see if I can connect the writing style between the books and the shorts. So preschool kids uh, uh, terrified him for years and now he's <laughs> gonna terrify preschool kids. 
It's his revenge. But before we begin, I just want to say that we're not going to give away any spoilers. We're just going to talk about the book because it's so short. Honestly, if you wanted to read it after this, um, actually, I mean, it's a little over 100 pages, like 110, I believe. So Your uh, elevator has arrived. What? Your elevator arrived at the floor. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, it's not super. It's not super long and it's super easy to read. So if you want to check it out after you hear this, definitely recommend it. So spoiler alert, we recommend it. Yeah, um, and if you have uh, if you have Amazon, what do you call that thing? Kindle Unlimited. It's free on there. So read yeah. it, get it on there, and read it. And uh, the author gets paid for you completing it. So yes, that's how support indie authors. Yep, support indie authors for sure. And even if you don't have Kindle Unlimited. Regular Kindle, Kindle, regular Kindle is just two ninety nine. I bought the paperback because I just love physical media, and I have new library bookshelves, so I put it in there next to my Goosebumps collection, and it fits right at home. Sweet. How much did you uh, have to pay for the paperback? Uh, Seven ninety nine, which is funny because I think that's how much the Goosebumps books used to be. <laughs> yeah, it's a good deal. Um, yeah. So basically, this series is called Fright Filter. And the artwork in the front, you see it's illustrated and it's a girl with a phone taking a selfie. And you can tell that in the uh, screen of the phone, her face is a green monster and she's hiding her arm behind her back because it is also reminiscent of a green ghoul, if you will. This uh, actually on the cover, you've got like the torn. I'm just realizing now that it looks like uh, there's like a cover that's been torn. So you have like sort of the white, like if you were to tear a colored page, how there's be, there'd be like a little white border. Mm-hmm. That's and uh, kind of makes me think of the eighties and nineties uh, horror books. A lot of them had that sort of, that sort of look. Yeah. Um, also in the cover, it looks like the lightning is grabbing her phone. I just realized that. We open up with a 12-year-old named Nicole who is in class with her friend and they are playing with filters on their phone. Um, In comes the class weirdo, would you say? I don't know how to describe her. Um, But basically, class outcast named Patty. And I remember that name because of my mom's name. Um, I I didn't really get the idea that she was a weirdo, but they definitely thought she was. And it's probably because her name was Patty. But anyway, I... I (laughs) I felt bad for the girl instantly. Well, in my eyes, and I don't remember if it said it in the book, but in my eyes, she was just kind of mousy and kept to herself. So easy target. Um, Now, Patty and Nicole do have a past of being friends, but Nicole's best friend wants to be rude and mean and play a prank on Patty by basically taking an unflattering photo of her, putting a filter on it and putting it on a social media like Facebook. Um, I, did they actually do it? Or no, she got stopped. The teacher stopped her. Um, stopped. Yeah, too. so they got stopped. They got called out. So later that day, she's hanging out with her friend on the phone. They are FaceTiming. They're playing with filters. And um, Nicole realizes that she has some new filters, which make her into a monster. And her best friend begrudgingly does not have these filters. So. Yeah, she- what does she make herself first? A gobbly green monster. So when she goes to bed that night, she wakes up slimy, icky, and gross, and she is what? A gobbly green monster. Is that the term they use in the book? Gobbly green monster? No, it's just what I say. 
Um, and that like pretty much sets creature story. from the Black Lagoon type of thing. And she's actually leaving a, a film on the ground, which I thought was pretty was pretty cool and kind of gross. Yeah, I thought uh, surprisingly it was it was icky, like in a good way. Like you know, when you think of body horror, which essentially that's what this is. Um, mm-hmm. When you think of body horror, you know, you think of the icky and gross things, but you don't think about a children's book being icky and gross. And it's not inappropriately icky and gross. When you read it, you're just kind of like, ugh, gross. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be nasty. Yeah. So she's trying to figure out basically what happened to her. And she's getting clues and she's getting hints that it has to do with the way she treated Patty. So. Basically, she is on a mission and she is on an adventure to find out what happened to her. Um, I don't want to say many spoilers because I feel like if I keep going, it's going to give away some of the plot points. It's short enough that I don't think you can really say a whole lot more other than the fact that she is she she turns into monster, one monster, other kinds of monsters and has to find out why. So you, you really sort of have to leave it dangling there. I will say that there was a um, uh, there was a really cool. There, so I can tell that C.S. James or he put a while it's a very short story, he put a little put a little more thought into it. It's 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 more it's it's they're not two dimensional characters in the sense that there's also sort of a family drama in the background. It's secondary mm-hmm. uh, to what's going on, but it all sort of ties in. I thought it was really, really cool. So there there is sort of like this family issue thing that's happening and just not not worth saying here to 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 ruin it for those who want to read but I, I like when they do that kind of thing so there's this there's, there's this more pressing need there's this thing that's happening but there's also these two other issues that are going on there's this family issue and there's this issue that that the uh, main character is dealing with where she's sort of finding herself right why am i hanging out with that why why would i why did i almost do what i almost did you know where have where did i go wrong and that kind of thing it was really cool i thought it was really really well done and very very enjoyable yeah, and it's funny because you know I it essentially the the story is short, you know, a little over a hundred pages. But I want I hesitate from calling it a short story because, like the Goosebumps book, it's very layered. Like you have backgrounds for the characters, you have subplots, and to my delight, you have twists. It's not like you know, she's trying to figure out what happens to her. She finds out what happens to her. They live happily ever after. Like there's other things that happen. There's additional characters that come into play that I wasn't expecting from a story um, this short, but also this is what R.L. Stein was really good at as well, where he was able to make a full story in around a hundred to 120 pages. Um, so that's what also made me feel the very goosebumpy vibes from this. Um, very much so. And I will say that um, one thing that appears in, I think every single Goosebumps, probably not because I didn't even read all the Goosebumps, <laughs> but I think the most common phrase ever written in any of the Goosebumps was, I opened my mouth to scream, but no sound came out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it, whatever your next Goosebumps is that you read, hopefully you'll remember this. And when you get to that for the one, maybe two different times that, that it'll probably appear in that book. Mm-hmm. But uh, if that had been in this book, it would have been a complete, it would have been more than an homage. It probably would have, <laughs> it might've gone into uh, plagiarism at that point. But, uh, but I remember as a kid going, okay, how long till I get to the next, I opened my mouth to scream, but no sound came out. I think that was R.L. Stein's favorite, uh, favorite phrase, but yeah. But anyway, 
<laughs> what this book didn't have that I'm glad that the Goosebumps book had is the psych out at every chapter end. I was like, this is getting real old, Mr. Stein. Um, yeah. It's like, I woke up and there was a demon in front of me. And then like the next pages, as I opened my eyes, I realized my dog Sally was sitting at the foot of my bed. You're like, oh my God. Um, <laughs> so luckily, <laughs> luckily the author did not do that with this book. Um, but so it was written really well, you know, with independent authors. I, I mean, I am, I dabbled in writing. I like to write. I don't know if I'm a good writer, to be honest, but I've read enough independent books where you, you don't know what you're going to get with independent authors. Are you going to get someone that over explains something? Are you going to get someone that under explains something to the point where it just looks like an essay? Um, this book is very much in the middle. I think it's perfect. I think he did a really good job of uh, narrating the story, describing what needs to be described, but he doesn't bore you with anything. Because sometimes, at least for me, and I know with you a little bit, when you start getting into the over-explaining things, you're like, okay, I get it. Um, yeah. So the writing style of these of this book and probably the series, because it's the same author, um, it seems to be like perfect for me. Yeah, it seems like that's something that is always a temptation for an author. You know, I want you to know what I'm really thinking and let me spell it all out. And I think it's I think it's probably better to, to have less rather than more. And so the author definitely definitely went with less. And I, I really do think it was perfect. I was much more impressed with this than I, than I really thought it was going to be. Same. Um, and I, that's kind of why I wanted to do the episode on it, because I was like, I'm, I guess you can just consider me a fan of this, this series based off the first one. Um, but I'm going to read the second one. Yeah. So, and I was going to talk about that later. Um, I would love in a couple months when we, or maybe even after we do like the next book, um, I would love to see about doing the second one because it kind of goes into my next topic with Fright Filter. What was like the scare meter for you or like the thrilling meter? Cause for me, I'll kind of go first. Um, it wasn't scary. And the author has openly said himself that, you know, this, this isn't the scariest thing he's written. It has horror elements, you know, and, and kind of like a, a, um, a children's horror story is, you know, you can't be too scary without, you know, having to make your age range of your readers go up. Um, but, you know, I thought it was relevant with today uh, with the filters and the bullying. That was the big surprise for me. I wasn't expecting anything like, I don't want to say thrilling because it did have some suspense, but I, I didn't expect anything. What's the term? Like frightening, I guess. Um, but about the last three quarters of the story, there are some things that happened that I was pleasantly surprised by it creating a sense of dread or, or fright, as I said. Um, now the second book uh, um, according to the author, it's going to be more horror. I believe it's about a a possessed doll or like a haunted doll, um, haunted toy. So I'm excited to read that one. Um, I wanted to read them in order, but I'm really excited to read that one because, of course, that's more like my my gig. Um, yeah. But for you, what was the scare meter like? Yeah, so I think um, I think it was obviously geared toward like your your elementary kids could could read it and enjoy it and not get lost in it 
And so there was definitely, without any spoilers, there was definitely the opportunity to go very dark, especially toward the end. And the author obviously opted against doing that. And you mentioned earlier the twists and things like that. And so I feel like younger kids might have those moments. Like I, like I mentioned, I want to say one of the, uh, one of the Goosebumps books that I read as an elementary school kid that uh, it was, it was something about a, a werewolf. And it was just one of those scenarios that caught me where there was a, um, there was a camp. It was like camping and there was noise outside a tent. And it was just one of those things that it actually got me a little, a little nervous, you know, had me, had me go, Whoo, okay, this is, this is actually kind of scary. And so that could possibly maybe approach something like that in this, but obviously the, 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 the author did not intend to make it uh, scary, scary. It's more about atmosphere. I thought the atmosphere was, was really cool. And yeah. so uh, as far as the scare factor, pretty low, pretty low, but obviously intentional, intentionally low. Yes, and this is us coming from men in our 30s. Um, you know, when my daughter grows up and, you know, I'll probably let her read this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when she's maybe about eight, I'm sure she'll have a different version of Scare Meter. Because um, that, you know, it, it, when it you're young... You have her watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre first before she <laughs> reads it. And then, you know, she may may not think it's so scary. But Well, I don't think I'm going to show her the Texas. Actually, considering the Texas Chainsaw Massacre really isn't that bloody or violent. But she'd also just get bored. Um, <laughs> because she she wants action nonstop. Um, uh, but, um, yeah, so definitely for younger kids, I think the fright meter would be up a little bit. Um, but, you know, I don't think it's going to be anything to give anyone nightmares. Um no, it, it's it's not you know tales to give you nightmares it's just tales to leave you shook you know <laughs> it'll um, sugar <laughs> it'll sugar <clears throat> um but just an interesting little factoid on the amazon webpage it says that the age level of this book is for 8 to 12 so um, Sounds about right. you have a 12 year old don't you uh well i've got a 14 year old and i think she would probably be a little higher than i do have an eight-year-old who's about to be nine i think this would be right up her alley she i was gonna say before our next one you should have your eight-year-old read it and just give her feedback yeah i should do that she's she's big in reading these days so (laughs) um yeah so i really enjoyed the book i'm gonna buy the second one here in just a couple moments um and also, side note, you guys, this is our first time reviewing a book. This is my first time reviewing a book ever, other than like my Goodreads page, which basically is basically, excuse me, which is basically like, I liked it or I didn't. So yeah. bear with us as we figure out how to review books appropriately without doing any spoilers. Um, I remember in the early days of Goodreads, I wanted to write these lengthy, just <laughs> college level reviews for books. Nowadays, ninety percent of the time, I just rank it. I just give it a, a rating, mm-hmm. and every once in a while, I'll give it like five, like five sentences, and that's it. And I just leave it. And I, I, I never get into the plot of the book anymore, you know, at all. It's just my reaction, and that's it. So, yeah, I mean, so far, I think what I'm kind of going with for these cemetery library episodes is open with some information on the author and do like a review of this plot and then talk about 
if we liked it or not, and scare meter. Is there anything that you think we should be including? I think those that pretty much covers it, and um, and yeah, no, I I'm, I agree with you on this one. I'm I'm down to to read the second one. Maybe not maybe not as the next one, but uh, but like you said, um, maybe after the next one. Yeah. And now, now look, I don't want to put you on the spot here, but do you have any books in mind for the second one? I don't. Um... I'm going to put this title out there, not binding us to it, but just because I want to say the title. And uh-huh. I've had this on my, uh, I've had this on my mind for a couple of years mm-hmm. and, uh, since I saw it. And um, this doesn't mean we're going to, rec- we're going to do this next, but I do have the book clown in the cornfield <laughs> on, on my radar that at some point I'm going to have to read. Have you seen the cover for that? I have. And I think I've talked to you about it. I really want to read that one. Um, okay. So I guess we're doing that one next folks. Um <laughs> Because I really want to read it. I, I also really want to read Kill River 2, but I'm a weirdo. I'm really big on keeping things seasonal. And I want to read Kill River 2 when summer's starting, just because I think it's appropriate. Oh, yeah. um, so definitely Kill River 2 we'll be reviewing when summer starts. So if you haven't read the first one and you listen to this podcast, read the first one so you can read the second one with us. Um, another one that I read that I really, really enjoyed is My Best Friend's Exorcism, which I believe you did not enjoy. Um, that would actually. Uh, I, did, I did read it, and it was all right. No, it's worth reading. Uh, a couple of the characters I thought were just too unbelievable. I, I, had, to, I had to kind of lose it. I felt there was a little agenda um, there that uh, I thought was a little over over the top, and so um, some of the characters I felt like were were just punching bags for for a certain idea, and I was like, eh, okay. <laughs> I can see that. I don't um, know any people that act like those those people. So that I, I I think I told the the reading group that I read it with. Um, did we read that together? I don't no, know. I read it by myself. But, uh, but yeah, so I read it with a group. And the thing I told them was like, all right, this character here is a character. I don't think that 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 person exists on planet Earth. But, uh, <laughs> but no, overall, it, it was I thought it was a good story. Yeah. Um, okay, so Clown in the Cornfield is going to be next. But right. to close off Twisted Books to Leave You Shook, did you read the short story after this? No, I didn't. Okay, because it does include like a bonus short story afterwards from the author. Um, let's see. I thought it was just a preview for the second book, and I was like, "Well, I'm going to get the second book anyway," so I didn't read it. I didn't realize it was. <laughs> That's what I thought too, but then we were still on the Goosebumps train where they used to do that. But no, it was a completely different story um, by someone named Sean Elwood. I started reading it, but I haven't finished it yet because um, I read. I finished reading um, Fright Filter like super late one night. And I was like, oh, well, let me read this. You know, it's like 20 pages, I think. It's a super short story. Um, I didn't finish it because I fell asleep. But <laughs> so far, it was it was pretty gnarly. There's a lot of um, pimple pus in it. Um, but yeah, so. There was a lot of what in it? Pimple pus. Pus is a weird word. Yeah, it was pretty gross. But um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I need to finish it, but I haven't finished the second one. But that's not what we're reviewing. We're reviewing C.S. James Twisted Books to Leave You Shook Edition One Fright Filter. Well and, done, Mr. James. Yes. And let's see. How what kind of rating scale are we gonna do? Um how many skulls out of five? Or could we we can do pumpkins? Pumpkins. I was thinking headstones because we have a cemetery theme we have to keep in in check here yeah Um, skulls definitely don't fit in with that 
Well, I mean, I was with you with skulls, but then you went to pumpkins, and I was uh, like, okay, basic. Any pumpkins. cemetery that doesn't have jack o' lanterns like at the four corners, just I don't even waste my time with it. Obviously, bad juju. Don't get buried there. Would not recommend. I would not recommend. All <laughs> right, so we'll go with headstones and um, gravestones, tombstones, whatever. And uh, yeah, how many how many headstones do you give uh, fright filter? I give it three and a half skull stones out of five. <laughs> and I uh, actually had the exact same number of pumpkin head stone flown things as well. <laughs> so um, uh, stone, stone mason um, pumpkin things with headstones out of five. Three out of five was my number as well. I think it's right in between that four, which is like, okay, this was, this was, um, high high recommendation and three which was yeah i liked it but it was okay it was somewhere in between um I, you know i i thought i thought it was very well done it's enough to get me to read the next one um and uh and so that's that's good enough for me yeah i feel like i would give it higher but i feel like i'm also unfairly rating the series instead of rating the actual book and i feel like i need to read the second one before i'm like this is a four out of five or a five out of five yeah. so with that I'm very excited to read the second one. I need to get on ordering it. I think he's actually working on the third one soon. Um, so we'll order the second one. And in two months, we will be reviewing Twisted Books to Leave You Shook Part 2, which is, let me see what the title of that one is. Um, Toy Horror Story. And the cover has a what looks like a clown doll next to a trash can. And they're either in front of a very big, nice house or a schoolyard. Actually, I think it's a house. So that's it. I'm excited to read this one. I think this one's actually going to um, scratch that horror itch. Yeah, while, while you've been talking, I had it pulled up earlier and I was going to try to pull up the uh, cover for the second one, but now the moment has passed. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm definitely... Uh, this is this is I was gonna mention this earlier. This is the time where someone should really get a kid's scary series together. I mean, with the with the horror renaissance of the last few years, you would have thought that at some point this would have happened, but uh, I don't know. I don't know why why it hasn't. And so, yeah, no, I agree. I think right now actually is the best time for anyone artistic to do their art because there's a lot of people with nothing to do. <laughs> so all you need to do is, you know, get people to spread the word of what you're doing, make quality content, and you'll hopefully start getting some readers or followers or watchers, depending on what medium you're doing. So I think that's all I have. Again, this review is going to be possibly a little Mm, shaky just because we're not used to reviewing books or at least i know i'm not drew is much more of the literary scholar than i am um i think this was the greatest book review of all time and others <laughs> should know. never change <laughs> but we'll just get better so i'm glad we're able to do this one with uh the shook books because like this review it was short and sweet so we'll Absolutely. go ahead and end it here. We'll be back with y'all next week with a film review. And until then, find us on Facebook, Drew and the symbol and not the word, Drew and Mikey's Scary Cemetery. Subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts and um, give us a shout if you see us. All right. The wind is picking up. The candles are flickering in that, uh, that uh, lousy 
graveyard keeper guy over there. He's, he's getting close. So we got to go, guys. We'll see you next time. Yes. Thanks for listening. Have a good week, and we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Let me stop recording.